Welcome to Career Pod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is our founder and CEO, Mr. Fred Studley. Today we'll be talking to Dan Chase, who's had a, a 10-year career in food service and culinary arts. Uh, Dan's first uh, exposure to food prep was by his grandmother, uh, and he speaks fondly of uh, the cookies she used to make in her bakery. Uh, he worked in uh, some chains initially, uh, then going into finer restaurants, and now he's working in a corporate setting uh, at a facility. Uh, he'll talk about uh, how he uh, has got the knowledge he has, some of the specialized training he received, and then the mentors that have helped him throughout his career. Uh, food service is a very healthy profession. Uh, it's expected to grow over 10% over the next uh, decade. And uh, for many of you, you may want to consider this uh, career field. Well, welcome to CareerPod, uh, Dan Chase. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. Okay. Well, Dan, you've worked for a decade in, uh, well, let's call it culinary arts or uh, the whole area of food service. And we'll be talking to you about how you got in it and what is it all about to work in, in that kind of capacity and uh, just get some advice from you too. So well, where, where did it start? Where did your interest start in, uh, in cooking and, and, and kind of food? Where did it begin? Through happenstance of my life, my grandmother ended up raising me. She got to, you know, expose me to baking and all of that. So, hmm. you know, I kind of picked it up from her. She was my... Yeah, uh, de facto mentor almost. Right, that's, for that that's great. Yeah, we find a lot of people, uh, their family members, in in some way or the other, have really inspired them to do what they're doing. And uh, now, did you develop a sweet tooth? Uh, you were around all these bakery goods. Uh, is it like the the uh, soda jerk that doesn't like ice cream? Uh, do you like sweets? I can still come back to and still vividly remember like that the first cookie that like the cookie that I know I want to have right and it is a um, small little butter cookie with like raspberry jam on baked on All top right. of okay. it okay and it's got to be done right right oh, exactly it has to be okay. one, one perfect uh, spiral right. that's super well let's fast forward uh, so that was uh, kind of influential but after high school did you start to work in 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 that food service environment, or uh, how, where was your first opportunity to really um, get employed? I started at Friendly's, which was yep. off the main street in Quincy. It was like my first exposure, and it's actually kind of funny because you brought up the term soda jerk. I was the uh, the fountain operator, which was right. like I worked, I got the waitresses their sodas, I made the yep. ice creams, and served people at the window, so it was my first real taste in like a hectic needs to be done now, needs to have everything set up and ready to go kind of lifestyle. And you do, did use the phrase, the first taste, which mm -hmm. I, I think is kind of important to use mm -hmm. in, in food service. So let's fast forward. Uh, you were at Friendly's for a period of time, and then uh, where did you graduate to? What kind of environment did you work in next? Uh, from Friendly's, I went up to, uh, I still stuck with the, the corporate chain. I moved into Legal Seafoods, yep. the one out of uh, Brantry Plaza. Okay. And uh, that was more of a free-form kind of, like, I still had to stick to the dishes they want. It's how they sold their things. But it gave me a little more freedom to prepare what I wanted when I needed it. I didn't have to worry about 
other people relying on me to have what they needed done. Right. So you were leading your own food preparation process. So you, okay. Yeah. And how long you were in that kind of environment, a, Uh, a more upscale restaurant? I think I did three years with them. Okay. All right. And, uh, have you worked in always restaurants, or did you? I guess you you currently work in a corporate setting where the, yes. the business environment. Was your next job in a restaurant, or was it in a more corporate setting? Uh, I actually had the opportunity after working at Legals to help open up a restaurant, another restaurant in Quincy, uh, specifically in Quincy Center called Angelo's Cold Fired Pizza. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I wasn't there for very long. I had a distaste for the volume of work that they were having me do and the appreciation of the management showing yeah. me. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that, I guess in, uh, we might as well have a deviation. If, if you had your perfect job as a uh, person in food service, where would you like to be or maybe where you're aiming towards in terms of the long term? What kind of environment would you work best in, do you think, or enjoy the most? You know, I, I said I didn't enjoy the management at Angelo's, but I really enjoyed the the food prep, the the equipment they offer there. They they legitimately had a coal-fired pizza. I was hauling coal upstairs, throwing it in the oven, had the oven cranking at like 700 to 1,000 degrees, and I was banging pizzas out in like five, six minutes of pizza, and I, I absolutely loved it. Okay. All right. So it had to do with, uh, you know, the, the type of work climate it was. You, you liked what you did. But the lack of appreciation and and maybe the management style uh, is the problem. As an aside for people listening, the number one reason people leave their jobs uh, isn't what they do or the commute or whatever. It tends to be whether they think their supervisor is a good supervisor. So for all of us, uh, even before you take a job, it's good to you really get a good understanding of that supervisor's management style and how they work under pressure, and and sometimes you can ask some pretty direct questions sometimes. So, all right, so we fast forward. We're leaving the pizza behind. We've already gone through ice cream and sodas. So after pizzas, did you go into this kind of uh, Uh, corporate setting? Yeah, I came back to this corporate setting. I remember coming up for my interview, and I interviewed with a gentleman who was in a sister cafe from where that I work in currently. He was telling me all this stuff, and he just drops the bomb of, like, you work Monday through Friday. And I've spent, at this point, nine, ten years working in a, I work from 7 p.m., or from 4 p.m. to 11, midnight, 1 in the morning, getting home at, like, 2 o'clock. Right. Whenever they decided to schedule me, I was working sometimes five, six days a week, to now working five days a week, very specific time slot. Right. Yeah, and I guess that's true. In, in working culinary arts, most restaurants, you're not there at 9 o'clock in the morning because the, the traffic for the restaurant arrives lunch and dinner time. Uh, and, and yet there are advantages of having the normal schedule of 9 to 5. So that's interesting. And uh, just to set the stage, this is... Corporate uh, cafes typically—they're in the buildings that have you know, you know, 500 people or so, and they can justify having a a, a cafe on site, and that's typically where you've been working the last couple of years, number of years. Uh, 
So what's a typical day like? You come in at 9 o'clock, we've established that. It might be a little early because you got here? breakfast and uh, so forth. No, I died. I'm here a little earlier than 9. I have to say I'm here at uh, between 5.30 and 6 in the morning. Okay. Um, I usually start, show up around yeah, 6 o'clock, 5.30, start immediately setting my station up for, for breakfast, gathering all the uh, utensils, equipment, preparing right. any food that needs to be taken care of, uh, checking food for quality because that's something that is very... That strikes home with me because I hate giving people bad quality food. Right. It's uh, not only is it embarrassing at point of sale when you serve it, uh, obviously there's a liability and sickness and, and whatever. Uh, I get, although, I guess, is there pressure sometimes between uh, people that can run restaurants, cafes, to stretch out the, the life uh, of food? It's a perishable and it's a cost, too. So, not naming names, but throughout your career, is that a tension in terms of when to throw food out, or was it pretty accepted in the field that, hey, you've got to do the right thing? There have been some jobs that I have had discussions with the management about the quality of food hmm. and the fact that I believed it was not servable or palatable to someone. Right. Uh, and it was, there was back and forth about whether yeah. it should be kept or thrown out. And then there have been certainly other jobs, I will clearly say, like Legal Seafoods is, is very, very uh, strong with their quality and service. Yeah. And I've heard multiple times from the management, I've, I've had a conversation with Roger Berkowitz, where Roger Berkowitz, the owner of Legal Seafoods, has said that if you would not personally eat it, throw it out. Yeah, throw it out. Well, that's good. I'll feel more comforted next time I eat it Legal Seafood. Uh, how about advice for people getting into this field? Uh, Dan, how about continuing education in this field? Uh, what would you recommend? I mean, there's first of all, the, the field's ever-changing and evolving. People's tastes will change and evolve as time goes. So you should always keep your eyes and ears open for the next good thing when you're in the job. Uh, you can always, always find a community college, any kind of seminar or... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Many specific uh, trade schools. That's the one yep. I was looking for. Okay. And you went to Cordon Bleu, I guess? Yes, I did go to Le Cordon Bleu. Okay. For what training, and maybe if you went back, what training would you recommend for other people? Uh, formal or, or just on-the-job training? What do you, what do you think uh, will make a person uh, successful? Really, when it comes to a kitchen... There's three things you need, and it, the first one, in my opinion, is confidence. You have to know that you are good at what you are doing. Hmm. The second one is absolutely, like 100%, if you don't have knife skills, you need to learn knife skills. Because when you walk into a job, knife skills are everything. They, that dictates how fast you move, how fast you right. prepare food. Um. Honestly, safety too. If you're not comfortable holding a knife, you're going to hurt yourself. And right. that's the last thing you or a company that's hiring you needs to have happen. Okay. Um, and then the third and final part, being able to think on your feet. If something goes wrong and you need to fix it, how long does it take you to fix it? Yeah. I guess it can change, you know, when you're expecting for a certain type of food to come in and it doesn't get delivered. 
your menu planning changes uh, quite a bit. And uh, now the knife skills, I'm curious of that. How do you develop knife skills? Is it just repetition, or there's some people they can never go into this field. They have not one stitch of manual dexterity, uh, and they and they just you know uh, flunk out, so to speak. How, how do you speak to that? Um, it takes a couple like. It definitely takes a couple months to really pick up knife skills. I know when I was at uh, Friendly's originally, there wasn't really much knife work involved. Yeah. Uh, when I switched over into legals, it became a lot more noticeable that uh, food was prepared more um, a la menu. So you ordered something specifically. It was, you know, prepared then, made, yeah. brought out to you when it was hot and ready. Right. Did a person help you with knife skills, show you how to hold a knife, how to hold the, the food product that was getting cut? Um, yes. I had a friend at Legals who uh, introduced me to the management there, which was how yeah. I got the job there. That was uh, the first person there, Doug, the manager who had hired me, gave me uh, motivation to learn how to hold the knife a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess of all fields... Uh, it's almost like an apprenticeship where you need people. The, the sexy word is mentoring, mm -hmm. but it's really people that will go out of their way to help you see you doing something the wrong way and will take the time to show you the right way. Yep. And uh, have you been blessed with a lot of those folks along the way? I have definitely had, I, I mentioned Doug. Doug was uh, fairly, I want to say prolific, if that, if that's a good word, yeah. uh, in my my journey here because he was the person who was constantly pushing me and yeah. having me experiment with what I can do when I can do it how I can do it good and what what gives you satisfaction about the job you know I generally genuinely like what I do um, I love putting out some some kind of food that I look at and go I'd love to take a picture of that I, I mm. would love to you know it's it's my belief that if food looks good and it tastes good, it's it's going to be eaten. And I once the once your work is done, you've created the sandwich, the the hot meal, and and then as you dress it up for presentation, so to speak, if it looks great and you create it, no one else did. It wasn't in a box. You took all these raw materials and you put them all together in a timely manner, and it looks great. You'd even eat it. So uh, I, I think that's something that... So for people that care about their work, they do it diligently, and they like the satisfaction of creating something, uh, you know, maybe this you know field would be good. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, how about the downside, the, the frustration in the job? Uh, all jobs sometimes have frustration, so what would you speak to in that regard? Each restaurant job is going to be a little bit different. There are there are a couple of key points that have frustrations. Uh, I'll start off with like the standard restaurant job that has you multitasking, like the the one I work at, and I, I love all the people in my building. I'm just going to give a blanket example from my ten years working in this yeah, business sure. that uh, there are some people that you just cannot please. Yep. It's it's like that in almost every job, but because you have to interface with a lot more people on a constant basis. Hmm. Sometimes you bump into them more often. Sometimes you bump into them right. less often. Right, and and that's their nature. Yes, um, you know the soup is never warm enough. 
uh, or they're complainers, you know. Mm -hmm. And how do you deal with that? In all honesty, you just got to accept the fact that they might have something going on in their life that you don't know about and you should understand that you can't change it. It's something that they might need to work through and you just have to accept that fact, be as polite as possible, and if necessary, make the interaction as short as possible. Okay, those are good suggestions for a lot of jobs, let alone uh, food service. How about technology? Has that changed uh, in the last 10 years that have allowed you to, to uh, for better or worse, uh, you know, how's that impacted your job? I mean, knife's a knife. Like, knife's a knife, right? Doesn't really change much beyond, like, you get your, you have your knives. Uh, there might be a fancy doodad or a gizmo or mm. some kind of kitchen utensil that's cool at the time, but you got your food processor, your knife, your oven, your stovetop. Those are really the four big pieces of equipment you use. Is that equipment changed with technology? They probably have digital readouts versus other things, uh, but that may not be a huge, significant change. I mean, when I was working at uh, Friendly's, they had their standard uh, electric flat top burner, like stove. Right. Then I, I moved to Legal's. They had, uh, they had gas and wood-fired stoves. And then I had for a time, Legal's had updated their equipment and everything, and they had this fancy $30,000 uh, combination steamer convection oven that could self-clean. And <laughs> I mean, like I said, fancy doodad, gizmo. But I, basic. I, yeah. I, I loved it, but right. yeah. Yeah, I don't have it many, many other places. Uh, and... Now, you don't get involved in inventory management, or do you? Uh, more basic, you just take stock of what you've got, and it's a small number. It's a fairly small inventory that you have, probably. Um, I've taken inventory uh, at Friendly's. I was in charge of most of the ice creams. Yeah. So I was keeping track of you know the four-gallon and six-gallon boxes that they have of ice cream. Uh, Legal's, my primary job out at Legal's was dealing with uh, the... Oysters. I was a shucker for many years there before I moved on to other positions. Yep. Uh, I had to constantly monitor amounts of oysters I had in and let management know, hey, we need more of this, we need more of that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, uh, what's your title right now? What is the title that they use when they refer to you? It's hard to give my job a title because mm. when you're in the food industry, you do as much as you can whenever you right. can. Yep. I'm a cook, and I will use air quotes there, yep. but I also do the same job as like a sous chef or... Yep. Yeah, it depends on the environment, I guess, whether it's a, a caterer or a sous chef or it's a full restaurant or it's a corporate environment. It, it depends. You have to have the ability to do it all. What, what's ahead for you, Dan? If you look at you know, uh, in 10 years from now, where would you like to be? Where, where are your aspirations? I keep going back to that coal-fired pizza place. Like, just from a standpoint, it's really simple to, to manage the stock there from what I had perceived while the time I was there. And yeah. I loved the, the work that could be output there. I loved the business itself. In, in this whole area, demand is pretty high for people with food service skills, you know, and it, it's projected to be high for another decade at least. Uh, 
uh, so there are outlets for that type of, you know, uh, coal-fired uh, environments, a lot of the fast food places, but this is not your Papaginos. This is a, a pro probably a higher-end uh, outlet, or does Papaginos have uh, coal-fired no. ovens? No. no, Papaginos uses their standard uh, rotating deck convection oven. Right. Okay. But, like, it was, a, it was definitely a higher-end pizza place. Okay. I definitely found that quality mattered a lot more to them than it would for, like, a fast food place. Okay. Any, as you look back, uh, regrets? So if, if you didn't take this path, what might you have done differently? Uh, there have been a couple of positions that have been offered to me that I, I did not recognize I had the skills, so I didn't have the confidence to take yep. it. Yep. And okay. I didn't feel like testing myself or experimenting because I was afraid of failure. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good takeaway for all of us. Uh, I think all of us have gone through periods in our life where uh, confidence is lagging opportunity. Uh, now, have you thought about going back to those sites and, and if not reapplying, at least networking and making them aware of your availability for some of those opportunities? Uh, when you work in a kitchen, you make a very, if, if you were successful in a kitchen, you make a very good network as yep. it is, I could walk back into any kitchen I've worked into okay. for a number of years and just look at people and they would immediately know me and good. they'd ask if I wanted to come back. Yep. And general advice for people wanting to get into this area, you talked about what skills people needed. How about general advice? You spoke about confidence in your own situation. That might be one of the things that people need to build and feel comfortable with uh, that requirement to be confident. Any other suggestions? Really don't be afraid to get your feet wet. Like put yourself out there because if you don't, people are just going to look over you. Yeah. Um, and when you apply for a food job or a food service position and you go in, understand that like you don't have to know how to make all of these fancy, fancy dishes. They will teach you how to make it because they want you to do it their way nine times out of ten. Right. So they're willing to give you the experience if you're willing to give them the time. All right. Well, good. Well, that's a good note to end on. Well, thank you very much, Dan. We've enjoyed this, and I'm sure the listeners have enjoyed it, too. All thank right. you very much. Thanks for Take having care. me. Bye now.